0: And now, the cleanest hour in podcasting with your host, Ralph Peterson. This is the Housekeepers Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Housekeepers Podcast. It is a beautiful Monday afternoon and I have Carlos Martinez, the CEO and founder of Durashine Clean, joining us today. Carlos, how you
1: been, brother? Hey, I'm good, man. Enjoying the summer. I'm, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing really well. I'm super excited to be talking to you. Just first... How, what is Dura? Why Dura
1: Clean? <laughs> so I'm Hispanic, right? And so when I was setting up the company, I was trying to think of something somewhat in the Hispanic culture. So Dura is a Spanish word for long-lasting. Oh, Duda, you know. So Dura is a long-lasting. So Dura, a long-lasting shine, clean,
0: like so durable, like durable, perhaps yeah, right. Exactly. So, yeah. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. And where and where are you from? right there. I love it. I love it. And where are you from? You're
1: in Washington, right? I am in Washington, the Pacific Northwest, beautiful Pacific Northwest. How did you get to, did you grow up there? Well, for the most part, I was born in Mexico, in the state of Tabasco, Mexico, there's a state called Tabasco, Mexico. Yeah, it's down the southern tip. It the city of Tabasco actually is uh, neighboring with Guatemala, so that's oh, all right, south that is. So we're close to Cancun, Veracruz, those those kind of areas. And when I was about a year and a half, my parents came to Los Angeles. So I was I was in Los Angeles till about ten, and then I've been in Washington ever since then. So yeah, I grew up in Washington. So
0: Washington, ten, I mean. so you have some good memories, though at least some decent memories of living in LA first. Oh yes,
1: yes, yes, yes yeah. So and then, I, so well, we came. Our, we had family there, so obviously we made a pit stop there, and we were there for ten years. So I was almost eleven when we moved, and yeah, so I remember a lot of stuff. Yeah. What
0: year? What year was that? When? What year did you move to? Um, Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Okay. So yeah. in 77, you moved to Washington State. Yep. That seems like a pretty good culture shock.
1: Yeah. So you know why we moved to Washington? My dad had one sole brother up here in Washington in the city of Moses Lake. And so we had a lot of family in, in LA. They were older. My dad's brothers were older. My dad's one of the youngest. And they are starting to get into tr- some trouble with, the, you know, their teenagers. Ah. And my dad says, mm, yeah, before that to go down here. Yeah. Yeah. So he was looking out for us. So I appreciate that for sure.
0: You know, I've seen the movies about LA. <laughs> I have a similar situation where I grew up just south of Boston, Massachusetts until I was a, young, you know, maybe 11, 12, and we moved to Vermont. And it was a big culture shock, but to the same thing, you know, we were, you know, getting into some pretty good trouble. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, so So my dad wanted to avoid all that stuff, or as much as he could, obviously.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so you grew up in Washington.
1: Yeah, you know, Washington's, uh, you know, agricultural communities up here. They're a lot smaller, calmer, great places. You know, I was up in Othello, Washington, which is a very small community. Population is about 10,000, not very big. It's in between some bigger cities. So we would always travel. But it was a great community. As, As I look back, it was a great place to grow up. A smart choice of my dad to raise a family there. And I, I'm very grateful for those, for those decisions that, that they made, And which are not okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's nothing better than those bedroom communities, right? Those, yeah. You don't think so when you're a kid. When you're right. a kid, you think they're the most boring, right? So, what did your dad do for work?
1: So, my dad was just a general laborer. He worked in, because we're in the agricultural community, he worked as an iron worker and they manufactured uh, pivot irrigation systems for farms. Yeah. So he was an iron worker and my mom worked in the fields. So I grew up working with my mom in the fields as a little kid. Oh, nice. Like picking stuff. Yeah. So we picked cherries, we picked some apples, we picked pears, picked some strawberries. We weeded, you know, like carrot fields and uh, midfields. And
0: yeah. It sounds terrible and adventurous when you're a kid.
1: You know, you know what's really funny is I always liked to work. So I became pretty good at it. So at some and I was 15 years old, my mom actually got a full-time job in a processing plant, potato processing. And I was so good at picking cherries, I was making about $125 a day, which back in the 80s, that was a lot of money for a 15-year-old. It's pretty good money today. Yeah. <laughs> so I kept going, <laughs> yeah. man. And so, yeah, man, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the money. It was fun. Yeah. That's and great, awesome. And great memories, you know. There's value, I think, in knowing what that lifestyle is like. Obviously, we've come a long way. My kids have never worked in a farm, so they miss out on those on that experience and that value of understanding why. So I remember when we first started working in the fields, my parents would well, always say, "See, you don't want to work like this the rest of your life. So you gotta go, stay in school. You know, you gotta, you know, hit the books. You know, stay. You know, don't quit. You know, this and stuff. Because if not, you'll end up like this for the rest of your life. So. But yeah, I loved it for a while. I, w- I wouldn't want to do it for a, for a living, but it was fun while I was a kid, for sure.
0: Those are good words to live by, too. That whole, you get, you know, and there's a, I've heard a lot of people who become very successful. One of their biggest fears is that their kids don't have the opportunity, are never given the opportunity because they have, you know, they've made so much wealth. Their kids never do, what is that, dirt under the fingernails kind of work.
1: Yeah.
0: And there's genuine, I mean, that's character building.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, and in between, I would mow lawns. So, <laughs> and my wife goes, You need to buy a lawn because we have a landscape. <laughs> my wife goes, You should buy a lawn more because I have a 10 year old. And she goes, So he learns how to cut and mow a lawn.
0: <laughs> not a bad idea.
1: No, I know. Probably will do that just so he, you know, things that would come such a long way that they probably miss out on that experience. And there's value in that stuff.
0: Yeah, not only value in it's one thing to mow your, your dad's lawn. It's another thing to take a lawnmower down the street and make some money. And it is all of those business acumens that you learn as a kid.
1: Exactly. I was just
0: listening to I was just listening to Jeffrey Gittimer. I don't know if you know who Jeffrey Gittimer is. He's like he's a sales guru guy, speaker, writer. Every I think maybe it's every day, every week, whatever. He goes live on LinkedIn and I'm always tuning in to catch because he's very smart. And he has some grandkids, these girls. And they're maybe seven, eight years old. And this past weekend, they had a lemonade stand. And so he's Jeffrey Gittimer, right? He's the sales guy. And he's like, so I'm watching these girls sell lemonade and brownies and cookies to random strangers. And this guy comes in for a $1 cup of lemonade. He gives the girl a 20. And the seven-year-old says to him, do you want change? (laughs) Think about that. What an amazing... You know what I would have done? I would have just given him change. I wouldn't have asked. Right. <laughs> and this, and this little seven-year-old is like, did you want change? Because I'll just keep the 20. And he lets her keep the 20. Like, hey,
1: that's a great strategy there, man.
0: But that's what you don't learn. You know, it's not about the physical labor. No. It's about the relationship. The lessons. Exactly. It's about making the sale. It's about doing a good job. It's about doing a bad job and getting called on it and having to do it again. Mm-hmm. You know? Like that's...
1: No. Yeah. That's
0: what they're missing
1: out on. I know. So I found great, you know, I look back on stuff like that and I, there's so much so great value and some great lessons. And I mean, not very many people are now, you know, I mean, there's farm working. Obviously, we have farm workers, but, you know, people that grow here, they don't, they don't work in farms anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like my kids never worked on a farm. I got a couple of kids. One's already old and one's 10. But, but yeah, man, there's some great lessons for sure. No question. So you get out of high school and what do you do? So by the time I'm in high school, I, I actually ended up working in a retail in a grocery store. Nice. And you know, that was that was another great experience. What did you do? Um, what was your job? So actually I first started in the tortilla factory. It's one of these super centers, you know, in our town and they it was, you know, top of the state of the art grocery retail outfit, you know, It has a deli, it has a video department, it's got a pharmacy department, it's got bakery and it's got a tortilla factory, you know. It's so pretty wild. My, it has a tortilla factory. Yeah. So they make their own fresh tortillas there. And so I have a friend of mine that I had said, Hey, I want to go, you know, get into this, you know, into maybe getting a job here at the grocery store, you know, bagging back groceries, whatever. He says, So he calls me. At two in the morning one night, he says, "Hey, you still want a job? Really? <laughs> we, we need a guy tomorrow morning <laughs> for the tortilla factory." So, anyways, yeah. So I ended up in—I started in the tortilla factory. I was an assistant to the manager there, and we had a crew about uh, about eight people in that department, and we just made corn and, and flour tortillas. And so I was there for a while, and then I went into the bakery, and I became a journeyman baker. <laughs>
0: I love that at the end yes. of this story, you get into cleaning. I'm just saying. Yes. I love that story
1: is going. That's a, that's, that's a story for another day now. know. <laughs> so then I you know, say, hey, there's an opening in the bakery. Do you want to learn how to bake? Do you want to go through this program? So great. And so I became a journeyman baker. So you're talking. So I started out as a donut fryer nice all right and then you know and then then i would move over to the bench and we made breads and cookies and cakes and all sorts of desserts so yeah so tell a little story about that so when i get married i mean i bake my own wedding cake (laughs) which is pretty cool <laughs> I had a little help on the decorating because I wasn't quite the decorator by that time. But we had a great decorator, and she says, "If you bake your cake, I'll help you decorate it." And so she, I, I never, I never even said I decorated because she did 85 percent of the decorating. I might have iced it, and she did it, but it was a beautiful cake. But yeah, how
0: many that's people so can great. say
1: that they made their own cake? Right? No,
0: that's true. That's true. So I, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> when you said you worked in a bakery, I imagined you were decorating cakes, but you were actually making cakes. Yeah, we were
1: making. Yeah, we were I was a baker and we had a yeah, we had a cake make. decorator that decorated yeah. all the stuff. And yeah. All right. So after the bakery, then So then after that, you know, so I get married and so the thing with bakery is that you gotta start early in the morning. Yeah. 4 a.m. And you get married and you got a 20-year-old wife and friends call you on Saturday night. Hey, let's go to the 10 o'clock show. He said, "Well, I got to, t- got to be at work in four and a half hours. <laughs> I guess pretty old and pretty rough. So I went to work. Got a job offer at the state of Washington. What they used to call years ago, job service. Yeah, I know exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. And so entry level, I end up in, in and screening and recruiting, recruiting and screening people for jobs.
0: That's so, I, so. Stop right there a second. That's a skill. Yeah. Right. Like that's a really good skill. I remember." I remember when I, real like, I, I worked for a company that had, like, a, a bazillion different aspects of the business were all happening under this one roof. And I realized the more I said yes to helping each department out, the more, value, like, I could run every, you know, it's the same thing when you're going, when you're thinking about running your own company one day. Learning how to screen people, hire people, interview people, it's a good yeah. skill to have.
1: Yeah, so all day long, I, you know. Screen and recruit. Yeah, it was a great, great, another great learning experience working in the state government. I did that for, too. I'm surprised you left it. Well, let me tell you why I left it. So, I've always kind of been a kind of a go getter, kind of a guy. And so, at state, everything's very monotonous. <laughs> How dare you be a go getter? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, you have all these great ideas, nothing will ever change. And I would send these ideas up, you know, and I moved my way up. I was a program manager by the time I left. And, you know, just it's a great. Eight to five job, Monday to Friday, you know, low stress, but it wasn't me. I I wanted to make change and and it just wasn't an environment where you can do that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So then I, one of the employers I used to work, I used to help recruit people calls me and he'd call me from time to time. Hey, can you help us find this? Can you help us find somebody like this? Yeah. So then they call me one time and say, Hey, we got a mid-level management position. And oh, so anyways, I'm at the state and about a year and a half into it, I actually get laid off and- they tell me, "Hey, man, we love you. You're great work ethic. You're a superstar." Blah blah blah. But state, it doesn't work on performance. It works on seniority. <laughs> and you're low on the seniority, even though you outwork everybody else here.
0: Isn't that the unfortunate truth? Right. And that's why they keep the least performing instead of the best
1: performing. And that's yeah, why we have. Them. <laughs> I learned this in the state. If the state was ever ran like a private company. They'd be broke.
0: In no time. They're already broken. <laughs> well, they'd be out of business. They just have the ability to run on the backs of other people.
1: Yeah. So anyways, I got laid off. And then so, you know, we had, you know, we we're trying to get started off in the life and we wanted to buy a house and that kind of stuff. And, and so they tell me, hey, so listen, it's probably we're working on the manager says, hey, we're, we're working on some stuff. I'm going to try to get you back here probably in about six months. But it's probably going to be about six months. So I told my wife, you know what? Let's go clean some offices. Because one of the employers that I used to work with, he'd always be looking for people. So I know a guy that's always looking for people. So i want to call him up and see if he, you know, give us part-time work. We can work. So you, knew who was, you knew somebody who was already cleaning. On- so when, yeah, because when I was just helping employers find applicants, I would screen and, and recruit people for him. Okay. So then I call him and it's like, hey, I got a temporary laid off. You kind of, know, I know you're always calling me to find people for you. Me and my wife would like to come work. So Oh, great! So so I go work for them. I, I went to go clean for this national company for about six months you want me to tell you about that experience
0: I of course i mean this is where you first got your experience <laughs> in the cleaning come on don't hold back what, what okay, is so,
1: we, so we go work clean banks for them and so, so at you're
0: night you're doing you're doing yeah, like even, you know, the
1: evenings you know me and my wife we go and stuff i've never done commercial cleaning in my life before you know you do you know brought up to be very clean and clean your room and you know pick up your fear yourself that kind of stuff and then a few other little jobs in high school in between for my farm working days, I'd clean the shops, sweep stuff like that, that nothing, nothing like professional, right? So we get on with this national company and we get this, you know, semi training. We get this equipment that's kinda like shady. Anyways, we took pride in our work, so we did a very good job for them. But we worked there for six months. And in six months, I tell you what, I got an education. I tell you what, that I'm thankful for that experience because that's what that's what gets us here is I learned what not to do. I learned what not to do in commercial cleaning. So we were there working, and my mom says, hey, if you uh, ever need a weekend off or something, I can sub for you. And as a matter of fact, one of my friends was getting married, so I said, hey, I'm going to be gone for about four days. I called my supervisor. She goes, oh, can you find somebody? I said, yeah, I got somebody. And so my mom fills in for us. I come back and I say, hey, how'd it go? And, and she goes, oh, man, great. If you ever leave them, let me know. I'll take them. I'll take them. This, I love it. She goes, I loved it. My mom was a very, very clean lady, you know,
0: You're going to stop hitting the desk. Huh? You're hitting the desk.
1: Oh, Okay. So, so anyway, so we do it for six months. And then I said, I'm I'm going back to work for the state. They just called me back. Do you want these offices? And she says, yeah, I'll do them. So my mom's there doing them. A few months go by, we're having dinner one night and I asked her, hey, how's it going for you? And she goes, yeah, it's going great. But this and that, I said, oh yeah. I said, yeah, I have those same issues. I said, yeah. I said, you know what? I had issues with that, and so I said, "You know what? We should do. We we should start our own cleaning company because I think we can do it better."
0: What was what were the things that were that you didn't like? What was it? Were they just cutting corners? Were they?
1: Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, they were cutting corners. They weren't giving you the time that you know the like my mom would take an extra hour every night that she wasn't getting paid. I said, "Why are you doing that?" Like, oh, so it looks nice and clean. They don't complain about it. It's like, yeah, but they're not paying you. So they were, they were given, they weren't giving her enough time. Yeah, not enough time, not enough time to do quality work. Yeah, okay, good job. You know, it's pretty okay. much just going there, that you know, trash and dash kind of a deal. Wipe things down yeah. real quickly. You know, yeah, and then like equipment. The equipment was, you know, those uprights that you used to plug in, and, poof, and all the dust come out of them. You know, <laughs> one time they broke, and it took them about two weeks to bring us one. You know, and you know, chemicals, same thing. We'd be out for days, and so like. You know, they said, well, I just wipe down with water. That's not cleaning. But <laughs> I, again, I didn't know nothing about commercial cleaning, but I knew enough that, hey, that's not the right way of doing things. And so, yeah, so we so we are there having dinner one night and I said, hey, this, and I had friends that were had smaller companies. And so I reached out to them and, you know, I came over and watched their operation, learned from them a little bit, not ever being in business, not ever having, like I say, I had six months of commercial cleaning experience working for them and never ran a business before. But I have great friends and mentors, and, you know, that's how we got our start. So we thought, you know, and at first we thought, hey, I'm just going to do this while I'm laid off, right, just cleaning. Then my mom gets into it, so we start a company. And I thought, oh, we'll do this for, you know, part-time on the evenings just for for a little bit. If you had told me, you know, hey, you'll be doing this 28 years later, I would have said, no, that's not what I really want to do. But here we are 20 years later. So that that experience, that six-month experience really got this going here. I mean, this is why we're here. And we learned. And so we always are committed to not being them or or like them and being a quality focused oriented company.
0: No, that's, that's really great that you say that because there's, it's so easy. This is just the truth of it. It's so easy to not hold up your end of the bargain right it's so easy to not be honest it's so easy to kind of gloss over what you say you're going to do even say what you did do and i think what you're recognizing you probably recognize right just in that moment is it's just as easy to do the right thing right it doesn't really take much more effort
1: no yeah. No. So, yeah. So that's how we uh, got into it. But I think I think is that little that little six month layoff and that I had at the state and uh, just wanted to make some extra money for a little bit. And here we are.
0: Yeah, I like it. I, so what did you start cleaning first? What was your first contract? What did you what was it like?
1: So like I said, we live in the agriculture. So the first contract we had was on October 1st, 1993. I love that you and, know the date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it happened to be for one of the wealthiest men in in, in Othello, Washington. He was a farmer, but just, 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 I had called on his old office, right? I knew he was building a new office. So I was calling on his office. And so he was building this beautiful new facility, new headquarters for his uh, operation. And so his accountant calls me because I had talked to his accountant before, just cold calls and stuff. He goes, hey, are you still interested in cleaning for us? I said, of course we are, yeah. So he goes, hey, this might be might be a one-time deal, but they, they just finished construction and they're opening tomorrow. And I need you to come in and just clean the whole thing. Right now. Tonight. Yeah, tonight. Can you do that? I was like, sure. You know? So he goes, I need you to go talk to his interior decorator. She's down there right now. So I zip down there. I talk to his interior decorator, a very nice lady. And she tells me, Hey, I need you guys to have this spotless. You know, she's a very high end lady. You can tell it's just you know, they were high-end people. And so, man, so I, you know, I, I round everybody up. My wife, my mom, my dad, my brothers and sisters. <laughs> and here we go. Native friends. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and so here we go. And so, yeah, we went in there uh, that evening. And it was like, a, you know, like I say, it was a very high-end building, a very uh, hot office facility for their headquarters. And we went through it top to bottom, you know. And the next morning, I, I you know, running on about three hours sleep because we were there till about three in the morning. And I show up at seven and just want to make sure everything was, you know, everything was great and acceptable. And, and so I talked to the lady, the interior decorator, and I said, Hey, so what are the probabilities that he's going to need somebody to do this, you know, on a regular basis? So, oh, you have to talk to Pete. Tager-. His name was Pete Tigueres. And she goes, You have to talk to Pete on that. And she goes, I was, I just needed, I just wanted you to come in and make sure it was good for us today. And she goes, well, He's in his office. So go in and talk to him. So Pete Tigueres is a pretty intimidating man. Sounds like an intimidating man. <laughs> He was a big time farmer, a big guy, just, you know, a very nice guy by the way, but just, you know, if you you know, when you're young, you know, so I go into his office, it's like, hey, so i Carl. I introduced myself, you know. I said, Hey, I was just wondering if I can give you a bid to clean your office on a regular basis. Goes, well, while you were here last night, what would you charge me? And he caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting him to tell me right to that. I didn't have a number. I go, you know what? Let me run let me run through this again, just now that it's clean and I said, I saw a lot of stuff last night. I don't remember a lot of stuff. So I went through the building and kind of just, so I come back in and I, I give him a price. Kind of he goes, well, what did you think? I said, oh, it's going to be about this much. He goes, well, is it, what is it going to be then? Just give me an exact number. So I give him the number and I said, okay, well, he says, okay, I'll accept that. He okay, can you give me your business card? And then now I'll, I'll send you a proposal. And he was old school. He took out his hand and he says, this is how I do business. He took out his hand at me. We shook hands on it. And that was our deal. You know how, how, often, how often were you cleaning like once a week? Yeah, we were doing, yeah, we were coming in weekly. Yeah, and once so, a month, so that, that was that. And so we cleaned this building for 20 something years. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. They, they, they recently sold it off, and they, you know, the, the new owners went a different route, but we cleaned it for like 22 years. That is awesome. So, um, uh, yeah, so but you know. Everybody knew who he was. So that was our first signature account. So we we took that and we ran with that, man. You told everybody. Yeah, (laughs) we went over town like, hey, I clean for, you know, Pete Taguero's. Dude, oh, okay. Well, hey, if Pete can hire you, we'll hire you too, you know?
0: I wanted wanted to highlight something before you came up with this whole mastermind of marketing on the backs of your client, which I think is brilliant. But before that, you, you just kind of glossed over it. How were you actively cold calling a lot of places before you got this account?
1: Yeah. So, you know, yeah, you um, you know, I, I said, I talked to a few of my friends and then had small operations. And so, yeah, I was just, you know, I, I go to a local printer and uh, I say, hey, I need to order some business cards. He goes, what, you, what kind of business are you starting? He says, oh, it's a clean, co- clean company. Oh, well, clean office. What do you clean? Offices, windows, you know. Oh, whatever.
0: whatever. <laughs> Your shoes. <Yeah. laughs>
1: so he was a real nice guy. And, he, and when my cards came in, he says, hey, can I keep a few cards? People, I might know people that might need your service. He goes, as a matter of fact, I'm going to give you my address. Can you go down and give me a bid for my windows? Wow. Oh, um, so I, I cleaned his windows. And so, you know, he, he he referred us. So very nice man. Very, very grateful for, you know, some referrals from him. And, but yeah, you know, you just go out and pound and, you know, look at that. You know, you look back and say, man, I can't believe I did it like that back then, you know. <laughs> we've gone a long way, obviously. Along the, along the way, we've learned a lot, obviously, and you've got better mentors in the industry. And But yeah, we were just out, you know, when you're, when you're starting a business, just like anybody, you're out hungry and you're pounding the street. I got to tell you, I've been in business for a long time,
0: and I still cold call every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because one of the, you know, my biggest challenge, and, and I imagine it's yours as well, is not enough people know what I do. Not enough yeah. people know I exist.
1: Yeah. You know, you think you, you know, yeah, exactly right. The reason you're on this show is because I cold called you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate
0: that. I appreciate you. But I'm just saying, you know, like you you recognized it 28 years ago. Mm-hmm. Hey, I better start letting oh, yeah. people know that I'm out here and that I'm, I'm I'm available. And for me, it hasn't changed. I still need the cold call. I
1: still wow. need to advertise. I still need to make sure everybody knows I'm out there. And you need to do that. I tell my, my team it's the same thing because – you know, we're not that new kid on the block anymore. But there's a lot of new companies forming every day, and they're hungry, super aggressive. They're, they're the guys that I was 28 years ago down mm-hmm. the street. And it's kind of funny because we have some really good loyal loyal clients. They'll say, "Hey, look, look who come by!" and uh, oh, some other some other new company or whatever. And, and, and they say, "Yeah, can we save you money?" They have no idea what we're paying, but they're promising that will save us money. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is kind of funny, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, you still got to do it because. Somebody's out there doing it. And if you're not doing it, you know what happens?
0: Yeah. That's, and and, you know, that whole idea of saving you money, that is, that seems to be like the mantra of every business in the service business anyway. You know, we could do it cheaper without knowing. Yeah, And, you know, quite honestly, I'm, I don't play the numbers game because I'm in a different business, right? I'm a, I'm a strategist. So I help companies grow but I never sell, hey, I can save you money. I don't save companies money. I make companies money. It's a huge difference, right? And so on the other side of that, just imagine taking a position as a cleaning company. We sell value. Exactly we're, right. We're, we're value-based. We're not, we're not going to save you money. We're going to increase the value of your space. We're going to increase the value of your customers, increase the value of your employees. we clean. And what the pride we take is the pride you're going to be able to take.
1: Yeah, it's exactly right. And as a matter of fact, one of the questions we always ask when someone's off for bid, I'll ask two questions. It's one, why are you off for bid? And and another one is, Are you happy with the current service? And sometimes they say, Yeah, we're very happy and I say, Well, why 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 are you off for bid? Oh, well, we're just trying to see if we can find something cheap. It's like, let me tell you, if you're happy, that's that's part of the issue. Half of the issue is people are never happy with their Service. So if you're happy with what you got, stay with it, be loyal to them, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is like, you know what? I, I just know I'm not cheap. I'm kind of on the higher end. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll be a value to you. I will probably be, be, give you a better service, something you can depend on. I'll be a great partner, but I'm probably not going to be saving you money. Just FYI.
0: Yeah. I was just on a, on a tour for a bid and asking the same questions. Why are you out for bid? And it was only because they had to. So, the next question was are you are you happy with your current vendor?" And they were like, "Yes, and their current vendor was part of the bid team because they have to bid on it again too right and it, me too it made it it made it like you didn't want to win the bid because you know I mean they're happy they're doing a good job, but for whatever reason, the company is making them get another bid or maybe they redo the bid every two or three years, look at it for something else, which is a good business sense to do but from a cleaning perspective, from a cleaning owner perspective, you're kind of like, well, that's a kick in the chops.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, it throws out the loyalty part of the whole thing, you know. And we bust our butt. We we last year, we we lost at five years ago, off for a bit. And they were, when we took over five years before, they were just like, oh, man, we had a, nightmares, you know, the last. And the other company, so they give you a five year contract, like three years, and they can pick up two. So they only give them three and they were out. And so they, they weren't there the five years. We were there the five years. Now, man they just were going off and on how bad service they've gotten so they were glad so and the funny thing is their 5 fiber years were up and they go off for vid again and they give it back to them. <laughs> it's like what? Do you guys not remember the nightmares you guys were sharing with us like it I, makes no sense but
0: I'm curious. So I'm not I'm not that big of a fan of annual contract as a contractor I'd much rather, like there has to be some type of gestation because I have a lot of investment when I get in there. I have to have the contract for a certain number of time for, you know, you can't just kick me out one month in. I wouldn't be able to make any money that way. But after a certain amount of time, I find that... You know, it's kind of like one of those things where I was, I'm going to say that I find that a month to month cancel, you can cancel really at any time with a notice, you know, you give me a 90 day notice, a 30 day notice, but the contract just is month to month. I find what, what that does to me and the client is it gives us a, str- a stronger relationship because I've got to earn it every month because I'm not there for a three-year contract. When I'm there for a three-year contract, maybe which what happened to this other contractor, you know, if you're have no if there's no chance of you losing the contract, how much effort do you put into it?
1: Yeah.
0: I like us both having a little skin in the game.
1: Right. You know? Right. So one of the things is, as you may call, as we make call calls, a lot of times we'll say, yeah, hey, you you know, are you currently happy with what you got going? Oh, no, but we're tied into this contract and stuff. So, you know, we, we definitely do year contracts or three or five year contracts, or whatever yeah. they're yeah. on. But I'm also, we'll just say, hey, you know what? Don't wanna we don't wanna tie you up. We're so confident that we're gonna give you a great service that you because a lot of people have been burnt. You know, yeah. There's a lot of run-of-the- you know, low-end, run-of-the-mill companies, they're just out there just doing a terrible job. Yeah. And so they don't want to tie in any more to these contracts. So I said, you know what? We can do a month-to-month. I mean, I'm confident. And if I'm not doing a good job, you should fire me. But I'm confident that, hey, our team's gonna do a good job. So I'm not really worried about that. So I like that. I like that three-year with the two-year option.
0: I think that's pretty great. I think that's great because it rewards companies like yours. But I think it's terrible when you get a terror. you know, you're like, I'm going to get the lowest bid. And then it turns out you got the lowest bidder, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, this too, and then you're yeah.
1: stuck. Yeah, this company that they went back to them. I just, I was shaking my head. I could not believe it. And I said, well, how do you go? I, I, first of all, why did you even invite them? <laughs> you know, why would you even invite them? And you've already been burnt with, from them before. What makes you think they're different? Yeah. You know? And yeah, but some people are looking at the dollars.
0: Yeah, no question. So, what businesses are you in now? So, are you you still doing offices? Do you do
1: schools? Yeah, we just yeah, we do we do we do high-end stuff, you know, high-end offices. We do, you know, professional buildings, multi-tenant buildings. We yeah, you know, basic the industrial, medical, we do some, you know, some schools, even college, we do some colleges and stuff. So, airports,
0: Wow. Yeah. So, so you're kind of, you've got tentacles everywhere, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're yeah. Pretty, uh, when I was looking yeah. on your website, you have nearly every industry listed. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: you know, it's a small area, you know, it's a small community where we live at. So try to not all that big you know, maybe 300,000 people. So, you know, you got to take everything pretty much. Can't be too picky, but you know, I hired this guy to do our sales uh, to do some sales for us. He just started this year. He was, he was a COVID casualty. He was in the restaurant industry a oh, wow. friend of mine, good friend of mine. And in December, he says, Hey, man, I've been, I haven't worked for like nine months. And, you know, let me know if you knew You know, I'll, I'll be willing to go back grocery, whatever. And I said, And I know he, he was an assistant manager. So he was high end and he knew a lot of high end people. And so my thought was, Man, if I bring him on, he probably has a good network. And so he's been focusing on wineries. So now we're booming with some, some wineries too, which has been great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The cleaning
0: industry is the seventh largest industry in the world. And you don't have to take my word for it. Just go outside of your house right now and look around. Just look everywhere you go. Somebody is needed to clean it. Sure.
1: Something needs to be cleaned, yeah. From parking lots to
0: high-rises to department stores to McDonald's, you know, like everywhere in between. Yeah, and
1: now, I mean, if anything, COVID has taught us that cleaning matters. Oh, my gosh. So even even more so now, more than than ever, you know, people should, you know, Know that it, there's a difference, and, and and clean does matter. You know, yeah, a million
0: percent. I work in healthcare, as I think I told you before. Yeah, and talk about making a difference. I mean, cleaning. You know, cleaning's always been you know necessary, and it necess- not only necessary but known to be necessary. You know, we've yeah. always been, but I mean, COVID just put a humongous spotlight, yeah. even yeah. more so. Going okay, hold on, everybody, let's get together.
1: What are we yeah, doing? You know, and now, more than ever, disinfection is a big deal and sanitizing. And you know, yeah. our, one of our hashtags we use on social media now is "clean matters" because more than ever, it does. A million percent. A million percent.
0: I don't want to go too far. I don't want to end this show without without talking. You are the you won the small business year of the war award of the year. 2013. Yeah. The what is the Tri Cities Commercial Cleaning and Maintenance Award? What is that? What is that? Is that the is that the business of the year? Small business of the year? Yeah.
1: Ah, okay. And so that's yeah. the Tri City Small Business. Yes.
0: That's pretty. So what was it? How did you win that? Tell me about that.
1: So it you get nominated, and, and we got a couple of nominations prior to that, and it's a process. It's a process you go through. You got to you know put a packet together. It tells you you know tell tell them about your company, how you operate, you know. What your relationships are like with your clients, with the community, with your employees, right? Your and mission, they have
0: a, you your vision all that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so then they have a, a group of judges. They have they go around to every business that gets nominated, and they do a sit down interview, and they you know look around. Wow, it's you know, in depth. Yeah, it is. It is. So the first year we got nominated, we didn't place. The second year we nominated. I no, say so we got nominated twice. So first year we didn't place, and I had been following these awards, so I even told our team. You know, I see people like it's a learning experience. So usually they start with A, they place bronze and then maybe they jump to gold, but or or they get the silver and then they go up. You kinda learn. So we didn't place the first time, but we learned a lot in the process. And the next year we we the second nomination, which was by a local banker. Wow. Yeah, Mitch Rocher, local banker, nominated us and we went through it and I wasn't expecting gold but the first place, but mm-hmm. we did. So we uh, Rick very excited to be you know, a cleaning company winning the gold is pretty amazing. You know, it really is,
0: and it really shows. You know, your core values that are—you don't win an award without having a strong team, without having a strong ethics, oh, without definitely. having a reputation. You can't do this alone. No, no. Thank God, too. What? How lonely would business be if you didn't? Oh like man. Yeah. No. You got to have a good team. Yeah, a million percent. So, what's next for you guys? What's the next iteration of Juraclean?
1: So, so you know, what? it's kind of funny you know 28 years it'll be 20 years in october right i kind of like okay i'm just gonna let it let things slide and we'll just go i just went through a course at stanford you know it's a scaling and growing your business course oh good good pretty intense eight weeks of, of school you know but learned a lot one of the things this program did for me is re-energized me here we, go. I haven't we felt, go haven't felt for a while you know i like so it now i'm excited about you know hey Teaches some pr- scaling principles, how to grow properly, you know. And, you know, so now I'm excited about, you know, growing again and scaling the right way and, you know, getting the team. You know, COVID kind of put a stop on everything, you know. It was and, tough for you know, a lot of people. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. We didn't know, you know, nobody knew what was going to happen, you know. Yeah. All of a sudden, last March, when our governor shut everything down, Everything's frozen, so we got emails and phone calls. While we're stopping our, we're, we're cutting our, we're suspending our contract because no one's working. We're not working. Yeah. Okay. So is this going to be for a week or two? You know, a month. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, some people are barely starting to go back to work now. But mm-hmm. so you had to pivot. You know, we had a So so yeah, man. So now it's just we're getting back on as things are starting to come back up and reopen, we're starting to get re- really re-busy again, starting to bring in some new team members in. And now, you know, like our office manager, she hasn't been here for a year. She's starting to come in a couple of times a week. And so now I feel like, okay, let's, now we're starting to get back together again. Let's let's get focused. I'm going to focus our team, energize our team, share what I learned, and get yeah. them on the right path and the same path. And I like it. Good for I, you. I, I think we have some growth still to do. Yeah, a so, percent.
0: I got to tell you, if if I can champion anything, it is it is definitely this that I want to champion. This new refined uh, fire that you've got going on inside you, because we need you. You know, we need we need employers. We need people out there making it happen. We housekeeping, cleaning, janitorial services. We are. I mean, it, it's the end of July. By December, I mean everything's going to be back so much, and this is so good for us in the cleaning industry because the spotlight remains on us where we are we're not just a, a floor sweeper we are a vital component to every
1: business well that's that's exactly right and The other thing is that there's a difference. There's a lot of mom and pop shops, you know, they're just country, but there's companies like us that really grow and scale. And not only that, but we are professionals, right? We were involved in our industry. We belong to uh, some great associations. So, you know, we're kind of staying on top of our industry on a, you know, cutting edge stuff and what's new, what's next. So, you know, there's a difference. And so, You know, we've been, you know, one of the things is kind of just nice that to be able, when this whole thing happened, to be able to have those resources that ISSA and BSCAI are able to help us with so we can get quick knowledge and, you know, pivot really fast and be a resource. I always tell my team, too, we we want to be a partner that, that is a value, provides value, and is a resource. And to be able to help so many in our community during these crazy times, because we have the knowledge because we had the, you know, the equipment, you know, that made me feel pretty darn good that our team was, you know, you know, considered and be able to help so many people in our community. The other day, someone says, Hey, I think I want to nominate you for, there's an award coming up, something about through a a local chamber for COVID MVPs, for being able to provide services and help others. I said, Oh, that's great. I said, the fact that you even think about nominating us is, it's kind of cool. Super nice. Yeah. So, you know, business is great. Growing business is good. It's always fun. And, but giving back and making a positive impact in your community and, and the lives of others is pretty amazing as well. So that's always been fun too.
0: Yeah. No question. It's so great. And I'm and I'm, you know, gonna reiterate, your community needs you, your employees. How is your staffing, by the way? Are you having a nightmare of a time like the rest of us? Well,
1: it was pretty bad, man. We couldn't get anybody <laughs> to come back to work. Yeah. In the last two, in the last couple of weeks it's gotten better, you know. So it's getting a little bit better, I think. But man, for a while there, man, we we, we, you know, like the airport really slowed down. Nobody was flying, obviously, during COVID, like earlier last year. Mm-hmm. And so we started bringing some people back on, you know, earlier this year. And, and for the first time in a long time, and we could, they said, you know, they gave us a green light. Hey, you can bring a couple more people on, you know, and we couldn't find anybody, you know. And, man, we were kind of just, just spinning our wheels. And, you know, we, we had contracts that we told them, hey, that they got signed on. and It's like, okay, can you, we can't find anybody to staff this. <laughs> And you, you know, but, you know, but the thing is, they were having the same issue on their end. So they understood because mm-hmm. everybody, I mean, you go through our community and there's signs everywhere. There's restaurants. We clean and we cleaned the restaurant here about a month ago that has been shut down and they were getting ready to reopen, I think July 1st. And they're still not open because they can't find enough staffing. So, but it, I feel like in the last couple of weeks, it's gotten a little better. We got a big event. We got a big, we do the. You know, for the last 10 years, we've been doing the cleaning, at uh, the event cleaning at the fair, our local you know, fair for our area, which is a pretty big size fair. We usually hire about 50 to 60 people. Wow. We only got about <laughs> – we don't got very many <laughs> right now. And that's coming up. We we're about a month away. So we were just talking about this morning. My operations team is like, we need to uh, figure something out to kind of drum up some interest.
0: So if you know anybody in your area who's looking for work, you have <laughs> – <laughs> I
1: might, hey, I, I might have to go pick up trash at the fair this year.
0: Do, do you have a? Do you get a free pass to the to the fair? <laughs> well, I get a free pass fair? and,
1: and that's <laughs> them, but uh, yeah, I might, I might, I might have to use my free press to go pick up some trash this year.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that I don't know what it's like in Washington, but you know we're still struggling with the state paying. Extra um, money for people who are on unemployment—is that still the same thing going on in yeah, your state?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's raining out in September or at the end of August or something, but it's still happening. And then you know they just—I'm said, I'm not quite sure because I—I don't get any stimulus checks, but <laughs> I guess there was another stimulus check was going to be being sent out pretty soon. And so people—I've heard the buzz, you know, about a stimulus check coming out. Like, my gosh, I people are never going to come back to work. <laughs>
0: You know what's you know what's funny is um and, and I don't mean funny really because it's really depressing actually it's it's telling the you know because right now I've always had a problem with staffing right I you know we work in cleaning right it's it's always been a challenge to get people sure. to work in cleaning yes. it, it just always has and so it's nothing new for us but we do have this added thing now that we can say hey the government. It's the government. They're taking all the good employees, right? That's what we can say now. It's not us. It's the government. Yeah. In the late 1930s, which if you remember from history, that's when we were having the Great Depression. There were all these soup lines and no jobs and there wasn't any work anywhere. The number one challenge facing managers in businesses was getting employees to show up. During the Great Depression, which we look back on... As this terrible, horrible people starving in the streets. Nope, they weren't starving in the streets. Even then, the government was feeding everybody. Even then, the you know managers, industry leaders were still struggling to get people to come to work. So it's nothing new. No, it's nothing it's not
1: a, new. It's, and the, and the other thing, the other thing is, it's happened too. Is that this whole shortage thing has made us having. To, I mean, we've always tried to be a better employer. But now we have to like really raise our, our wages to attract to how even people start thinking about maybe coming back to work.
0: A million percent. So I, I was talking to a guy last week. I was talking to Daryl Hicks and I was asking him how much, has he seen how much dishwashers make nowadays? And 20 years ago, a dishwasher was the lowest paid person in the, in the restaurant industry. They were the lowest paid. And the job was almost the worst. Right. Right. So you're paying the lowest amount to the worst job. And it didn't take very long for the for it to become very hard to recruit for that position because who's going to take a position where you're getting paid the least and it's the worst job? No, no, no. It's supposed to be the opposite. You paid more for the worst jobs. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where we're heading in the cleaning industry and i don't think it's a bad thing i think it's a, more money for cleaners
1: yeah you know they are definitely the you know i've always said you know um, they're on, you know they're on the front line man i mean during especially during covid you know now things are easing up and you know most of us are vaccinated we've been thinking about talking to, about maybe doing a big employee appreciation cuz man they're the real heroes during this whole thing man they're, they they they're the ones that have been out there um, you know exposing themselves so i mean And yeah, and you're right. I mean, they're those like they're the you know least appreciated people sometimes, and it's it's you know how it is. It's an industry that's kind of sometimes looked down upon. No, no, not sometimes. Yeah, all time. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. you're
0: you're on the housekeepers podcast. Listen, we know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the housekeeper, by the way. No, so so I think one thing that, that a lot of people miss in working in this field in the cleaning industry is a lot of times. You're not asking us to take less money. Only you're also asking us to swallow our pride, think less of ourselves, think of less of our skill set, and so you're actually asking us to be less than you. You're not just asking us to get paid less. You're asking us to, to be allowed to be treated less. Right. And listen, no,
1: yeah, no, I'm a hundred percent. I'm with you on that.
0: Yeah. No, there's, it, 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 I'm done with the whole idea that cleaners get paid the least because of any other reason you want to think
1: it's necessary? Now, cleaning matters now and it's, it's essential. It's always mattered, but now it's. Yeah, in well, now in, you know, have, yeah you're right. Yeah. It's always been, it's always mattered. We try to always sell that, you know, this yeah. is necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that came out, you know, during COVID like touch point cleaning and disinfection, mm-hmm. which we've always talked about that. Sure. Say, hey, what about touchpoint? Oh, no, we don't need that. Just, you know,
0: um, I know. I, I've been talking about count, contact time and chemical use
1: for 10 years. Nobody's cares. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now all of a sudden they're like, wait,
0: how is that calculated?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, times have changed. So definitely, uh, yeah, t- definitely times, uh, you know, this whole COVID thing has really uh, raised some awareness. And hopefully, hopefully people realize that, hey, these people are very important for everybody. And for your business, I mean, mm-hmm. if your business is not clean and disinfected, you know, your business might be affected adversely. So,
0: yeah, no question. I, I think that for anybody who, like you, has a, a pretty good sized company with pretty good handle on things already, because there was so much loss, so many smaller companies, cleaning companies were not able to hold on with no revenue. How could you? You know, not any fault of their own, but still, they, they still suffered. I think the opportunity for us it's amazing. I think that um, I, I'm super happy to hear how you're re you know re-energized to go out there and, and start making some cold calls, and knocking on doors because there's a ton of opportunity. And I well, there is,
1: there is, and definitely again we learned some lessons through. I mean, we none of us have ever gone through a pandemic, of course, but I you know. It, it helped us realize, hey, we are important, and we can be a resource. Mm-hmm. We can be a value to our community. We can make a difference in our community, and mm-hmm. we're doing that. So we want to continue to do that. We want to continue to be, you know, leading the way, you know, and be be looked upon as a, hey, these guys are a legit, bona fide company that knows true professionals that know what they're doing, and. No. Uh, I guess, you know, that's that's all come with the twenty hazy years of experience and being part about, you know, being part of professional associations, you know, ISSA, mm-hmm. BSAI.
0: Are Yeah. You, are you familiar with those? I am. I am. I'm a member of ISSA. I'm a member of IEHA,
1: the International Executive oh, yeah. Housing Association. Yeah. 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 I've been a, I've been a member for a long time. Yeah. Now we're going through um the ISSA uh certification. Certification, yeah. Sure. Nice. So. Good for you. Yeah, so we just, again, we just want to be a resource, uh, you know, and make an impact in, in a positive way if if ever, the, the need arises, you know, in our community f- to be a leader in the clean industry.
0: I like it a lot. What are we thinking about? You said you're going to maybe do a employee um, appreciation.
1: What are we talking about? What are yeah, we gonna we're, we're probably going to bring, uh, you know, we're probably, you know, you know, it's getting easier. And stuff. we're probably gonna break yeah. them up in two pieces, in two in two groups ah. on a Saturday. You know, and are gonna kind of make it. You know, maybe a, a little luncheon. and nice. I think we're gonna. I think you know we're gonna bring a taco truck, and I love it. Yeah, we're gonna just you know have a feast and uh, you know do some drawings and just give them a heartfelt thank you for everything they've done for us the last year. I mean, they're they're the reasons that you know they they make the magic happen man i mean we we actually you know provide leadership and and training and, and the right avenues for them to do their job properly but at the end of the day they're the ones that are going out there and uh, you know in an environment sometimes where they didn't know what they were walking into so yeah, um, no and we just want to say hey man we we appreciate that because really they're they're Yeah we like leaders. that a lot.
0: I think you know i it, all non-essential employees were told not to go to work in 2020 And I never got the memo in cleaning, right? All cleaning, people who cleaned still needed to go to work. Again, I work in healthcare. We never had, hey, you stay home from healthcare. Never, you know. So it just goes to show how not only important, but essential.
1: Yeah. Oh, I have clients say, hey, you guys are still going to work, right? (laughs) (laughs) You're still coming, right? (laughs) Yeah, they, they realize that they they couldn't stay open unless we, we went in there and cleaned up and made sure everybody was safe and healthy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed our time together today. And I, hey, well,
1: thanks. I had fun too, man.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. I think one of the best parts about my job is, again, just hearing the stories You know about how you came about. I love that you were sitting around the table with your wife and your mother. You're like, why don't we just start our own cleaning company? Yeah. And a few cold calls later, and you're look at you now, right? You're. And we
1: thought, and we thought we'd do it for a couple of years, and here we are, twenty <laughs>
0: years later. It's <laughs> so. It just shows the intestinal fortitude. It shows the creativity. It shows the you know the you're stuck with it. You did a good job. Obviously, yeah. you understood the idea of anchoring to your first client because their reputation all of a sudden became your
1: reputation. Yeah. Super smart. Oh, thanks, man. It's been you know, it's been a it's been a great journey. I enjoyed every single bit of it. And, and you know, it's a you know, when you're in business, so many blessings, you get to uh interact with people otherwise you wouldn't know, like Ralph Peterson and, and just in the business world. So so blessed and so uh excited to that we embarked on this journey and it's been fun.
0: Yeah, no, no question. It's been fun for me too. So thank you so much
1: for being well, on. The show. Thank you for having us on. Thank you. If, I
0: appreciate if, it. If you need cleaning services and you're in Washington, what part of Washington are
1: you in? So we're in central, the central part of the state. We're in the Tri-Cities, Washington.
0: All right. So the Tri-Cities, Washington. The, what is it called? The Tri-Cities?
1: Tri-Cities, Washington.
0: Yeah. Tri- if you're in the Tri-Cities, Washington, and you either need- your man. I'm your man. Carlos is the man. Or if you're looking for a job, or if you've got a kid and they're not doing anything.
1: We need some- Carlos is hiring. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Thank you for the shout out. Yeah.
0: Carlos is high. We have a fair coming up, damn it. Let's go. Yes,
1: yes. (laughs) The fair is back this year. That's so great.
0: All right. Well, that's it for us here at the House Heroes Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure you share and subscribe and write a review and tell all your friends about all the fantastic things you're seeing live when you're watching the House Heroes Podcast. Otherwise, thank you. Have a great night. And Carlos Martinez, I can't thank you enough, my brother.
1: Thank you. And keep it clean, everybody.
0: Keep it cleaning, Dura shine clean in the Tri-Cities Washington area. All right, that's it Thank for you. us here. That's it, the Housekeepers podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. Keep in mind the best way to ensure that you never miss an episode of the Housekeepers Podcast is by subscribing to the show and following us on social media. For those of you who are more visually stimulated, you can always watch us record the show live each week on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. In fact, we post all of our videos on YouTube, so make sure you are subscribing to our YouTube channel. If you love the show and you want to help us out, please consider writing a review and sharing the show with all your friends and families and colleagues, and if you are looking for more information about today's guest, all of their contact information and the links to their websites are in the show's notes. That's it. Until next time, this has been the cleanest hour in podcasting. I am Ralph Peterson, and I'll see you later.